0: Super
1: Saturday Sport With Mark The Statsman Owens
0: You are with Mark The Statsman Owens on your Saturday Morning as I welcome to the final time By the phone patch For this racing uh, Spring I speak of none other Than Roman Coz How are you Roman?
1: Uh, I'm going well, thank you, Stats. And yep. um, it's looking like it's trying to rain here. There's a few drops on the roof right at this very moment.
0: Now, I was going to ask you, are you back in Yaroa because I believe you were in Geelong yesterday?
1: Yes, I was. Yeah, I was um, catching up with some friends at a pub called the Como of all names. A most unusual name. Uh, so, yeah, we had a few sherbets down there and uh, got the train back, et cetera. So, yeah, had a great day.
0: Yeah, so, uh, and Yaroa, of course... Uh, probably didn't miss the storms of last evening just like everywhere around the area
1: correct yeah thundered down at around about uh, i know it was at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or something somewhere around there it really started to thunder down for a while but it didn't really go you know all night type of thing if it did i, I didn't hear it because i would have been uh fast asleep after a long day on the train uh you know we went down in the morning came back in the afternoon so it was uh well, we spent about uh, four or five, four hours out on trains down to Geelong as well, so five hours. Um, yeah, we were a bit tired when we got home.
0: Now, before we go into having a look at Cranbourne Cup Day, you want to talk about a couple of things around racing, there, Roman?
1: Oh well, I just thought if you wanted to have a bit of a chat, um, you mentioned standalone meetings in uh, in your little text there. I must admit, I'm not a, a really in favour of them. I don't think if they're going to run country cups and that sort of thing, they should be running them on a Sunday. I think um, the Saturdays is, a you know, people, parents have got children to take the various sports and there's all sorts of things going on. Well, Sunday's a little bit more loose and I, I reckon they're better off all on a Sunday, to be quite honest. What do you think?
0: I, I actually think it's a good idea as long as they don't overdo it, Roman. Uh, I've I got, I got a thing that, that they might start to overdo it a little bit, but the way it is currently structured, with like the Cranbourne Cup and the Ballarat Cup, but standing alone, I don't mind that too much. At the end of the spring, it's uh yeah, it's it's something a bit different. I think it's great for the town itself uh, and the people in the town that get to go to a, a standalone meeting. But uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I, I actually, uh, I haven't really got an opinion on it either way, but I don't think it's a bad idea, Roman.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes it throws your form sort of things out a little bit, trying to work out Cranbourne form versus Mooney Valley or Flemington, you know, uh, Ballarat in a couple of weeks' time. So I think I think on those reasons it, it bugs me a little bit. But we're a punter stats. We can overcome uh, little hurdles like that, can't we?
0: Yeah, well, the thing with Cranbourne and Packham, particularly in the last couple of years with Packham as well, you know, we see them regularly on a Thursday and Friday night in the summer now. Yeah. So they're virtually like marquee meetings during the week and they've got them throughout the summer months. So yeah, it is different times but I think it's a, it's not a bad concept, Raymond.
1: I think the other thing that um, I was thinking about uh, just having a quick chat, we' are about to get onto the tip shortly is the, the issue about dominant trainers like um, you guys mentioned Emma Stewart. I remember Graham Bates at the Greyhounds number of years ago. I don't know what, what he's training like these days, if he's still training. And, and obviously Chris Waller and Kieran Maher with their massive-sized teams. But look, that's been going on forever. Tommy Smith was being accused of that back in the 70s. I think Bart Cummings as well. You know, the bottom line is, as someone said there this morning, I was sure Dan, sure that they've worked very hard to get where they are.
0: And um, I think people need to stop complaining and maybe work around it. You know. Yeah. Look, the, the only thing I'd say about in relation to harness racing, like, well, how do I put this? Uh, it's probably it's probably the off Broadway code of the three in a lot of ways these yeah. days. It, it it hasn't got the following. It had when I was a kid. It was massive in the seventies well, and eighties in particular. Or... The old Melbourne showgrounds and Mooney Valley and yeah those types of venues but uh it's sort of gone off broadway a little bit so to try and attract people back to uh that uh style of racing it makes it hard when you sort of got a dominant person albeit that person works really hard to put themselves in that position i don't deny that
1: yeah i think there's too, look the issue really is that is there's so many races now people can scratch horses You know, you've got small fields all over the place starting to creep in now, and it's it's just too many races. But yeah, if the dominant trainers are dominant, look, we punters can work around that. We've got an idea what their best horses are or what their worst ones are, and uh, I think we've got to work around it. Uh, This constant complaining about it It usually comes from. like you know, well, lesser light trainers for one of another word, and they've just got to work harder, I guess. So it's uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an argument, but uh, yeah, we And
0: you wanted to talk a little bit on the comeback of Jamie Carr?
1: Yeah, it was a bit uh, crooked. There was a few articles in uh, race Net there, uh, especially from Richard, uh, what's his name up north there? I can't remember his surname. Uh, they were starting to bag her. She had ten losers in a row as favourites. That was an article from uh, Matt Stewart. Uh, and within, it's incredible, you know. As soon as a jockey is bagged mercilessly, out they come and absolutely slaughter him. And she came out virtually the next meeting and rode a treble there at Flemington. I thought, good on you. Um, I don't think she's made uh, some very good personal choices. I think most of us will agree with that. But by joe she's a terrific rider, and it was only a matter of her getting. Getting back in the swing. And when you're talking about 10 beaten favourites, I mean, how many of them should have been favourites anyway? We're, you know, they're only favourites because she's
0: on them, you know? Yeah, the punner sends them out the elect, don't they? It's not the horse or yeah. the jockey that makes yeah. them favourites. True enough.
1: Oh, we better get on to the All right.
0: right. What do you got for us, Roman? Get us a winner for the final time this year.
1: Okay, we'll start with the Apache Cat Classic. I saw Apache Cat out of the Living Legends one day. I saw him. I walked in. I said, there he is. And I wondered who the little weedy thing was beside him. There was a horse beside him with me. I had a grasshopper, ugly-looking thing, and it was better loosen up. I couldn't believe it.
0: No, that was Um, me. No, sorry, Raymond. It probably was better better loosen up.
1: Okay, for the Apache Cat Classic, um, I'm going a little bit wildly in some respects. I'm going for number nine, Taunting. Uh, Michael Hickmont from Murray Bridge has brought that over. Five wins out of ten in the wet. The distance is no problem. Uh, barrier 4 gives it a number of options, so uh, I'm, I'm in, interested in that one. Uh, second, I've got number 7, Chalamand. Uh It's only got one win out of seven at the distance, which looks a bad stat, but it's got two wins at 1,200 metres, so I don't think 1,000 metres would be a major issue. Three wins out of 12 in the soft going and two seconds uh, out of two uh, on the heavy going, so it definitely handles the what we're expecting as a bit of a wet track today. Uh, for third, I put in twin perfection, another one, three wins out of four at the distance. It was uncharacteristically slow out last start, but uh, prior to that I had a sand down soft wind in the wet and then a merely Valley win. If we forgive it for us last start, it's there. Uh, and uh, an odd one here, uh, Alicia Romer, uh, Peter and Paul Snowden, have brought that down from Sydney. Uh, it's had 10 runs for five wins, four seconds. That's not bad. Um, you know they, they don't bring their horses down for no reason at all, and it hasn't been mentioned by anybody that I've heard. Uh, so I've put it for third. So my numbers are nine, seven, eight, and ten. And my my box trifecta, I'll just simply box their, those four up. I'd say it's pretty open race. What about you, mate?
0: Yeah, I've only got the two runners, like I said, with Dan Hibbard in Square Gators at Yeah Apache uh, Cat. I'm on race eight, number two, Generation. It's nine to two in the old five dollars fifty. Craig Williams and says, look, finds it hard yeah. to win, but looks well placed here. And race eight, number six, Rich Fortune, $5, 4-1 in the old. Look, it's second up, back in distance a Shade, and is four kilos lighter on its last run for Harry Coffey in the hunter camp there. So, yeah, my numbers, I'm just suggesting have five to win on both. Race eight, number two, Generation, and race eight, number six, Rich Fortune, in, uh, of course, the Apache Cat.
1: Well, we're at logheads there because I have got over the two in the top four. But that's racing, mate. So moving on to the Cranbourne Cup. <clears throat> it's now 1,600 metres. It used to be years ago, 2000. But um, perhaps they're using it as a bit of a lead-up to the Ballarat Cup in a couple of weeks' time. Look, um, I'm tipping uh, number two, Just Folk. Uh, it's a dead set mudlark. Um, it, uh, it's had a change of trainer Gavin Bedgood's got it now and This is his third run for Gavin And Gavin's very good at getting horses from other stables uh, To win races um, This horse actually has run second to Cascade In a wake for age up in Sydney And it did run a top race behind Mr Brightstone In one of the Doncasters When it was three wild with no cover So it's got a bit of kick in it um, Second I'm going for number nine Foxy Cleopatra Oh my gosh! I wish I had a one first up last time. I had it at about forty to one, and um, everybody is telling me what a good thing it was beaten, and I, I tend to agree w- with them. Uh, it ran second in the Ethereal, uh, the lead up to the um, to the Oaks uh, about a year or so ago, a year and a bit ago, uh, in the slow, uh, and then in the in the Oaks it uh, pulled up lame. And of course, it's just had that one run this time in of 52 weeks with Craig Williams on it. Um, it's there. Um, Shard, Shard of horse is my third pick, uh, 3 wins out of 11 at the distance uh, likes the slow, that first up behind, run behind Star Patrol was a terrific run for a horse that uh, you know, prefers a little bit longer in distance ran an absolute shocker in the Turak but uh, let's forgive it, I think the track was fairly hard that day so that's a uh, fond memory
0: Yeah you and, can forgive uh, it that run
1: Yeah and it was 25 to 1 so you know realistically it wasn't, wasn't going to be much of a chance anyway but this is a much much easier race And handles the wet. And for fourth, I've put in number 10, Euphoric. Uh, Not my type type of horse normally, because it gets back. But um, it's been beaten in both its distance runs, but um, by a short half hit in both. And, uh, you know, the trouble with a horse like this is it gets back. uh, But if they're running on, it's definitely a chance there. Two, nine, five, and ten. And um, as far as my strategy in that, I think I'll probably just simply box them up as well, Stamps. And you, what about you?
0: Yeah, just a two horse play again here. I like uh, Race 9 number one pounding today for, of course, the Luke Nolan, Peter Moody, uh, uh, Catherine Coleman combination. Of course, Nolan and Moody with a black caviar combination. $9.50, 17 to 2 in the old. Look, it's at its pest distant range now. I think it's overs today. And I'm, you know, I'm willing like to. to I've
1: like got to go against you there because um, I. I I backed it when it ran last start for a place, and I was disappointed with its run. And I think it's a bit more of a dry tracker. But I will will admit that this is a much weaker field than it raced against. So, uh, but I, I'm prepared to take it on with 59 with one winner out of eight in the wet. So you and I your heads again. There, stats.
0: Yeah, I just think I, I just think on that last one, no, Roman. It, it's now back towards pet distance range. For sure. So um, that, and I like a horse that's in its uh, wheelhouse like that. So. I'm willing to forgive it. And the other one I'm forgiving, you talked about at race nine, number five, Charterhouse, who does like it wet, Declan Bates, Mar Eustace, uh, was disappointing in the two-racket Caulfield, but yes. does strip fitter for that run. And we're getting $16 to find yes. out. So I'm Very suggesting five to win, uh, race nine, number one, uh, five to win on pounding. And you can going have $3 to win on race nine, number five, Charterhouse.
1: Yeah, for sure. I can't. i like the chart house myself at the odds. I think that's a good, fair odds. In a, in a race, it's got quite a few chances. So, Okay, we zoom over west uh, to the railway, assuming that it's going to be running. But um, since yep. they're starting later, they're, they've put all the races back about two hours. I, think. I thought
0: they might have done that because of the heat. I wasn't sure, but...
1: Yeah, the yeah. first race there is a bit after five tonight as uh, Victorian time, and that this particular race is not on until about nine minutes past nine or something. I'm
0: well, they've assuming. already they've got race one as abandoned at Ascot, so we right. might have to wait and see. They might be abandoning in this meeting due to heat, but let's let's roll on and assume that they are going to run the yeah. railway. They
1: may they may abandon the first two or three races, maybe start a bit later. So look, I think we'll just go ahead. Look, um, there's going to be massive early pace in this race from horses like Marachino, Comfort Me, Last of the Line and Massimo, and, and Dom shoot as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm suggesting that number one, two, the is going to get the absolute crackerjack trial with Jamie Carr aboard. Uh, it's fifth run in, I think, is perfect far as fitness is concerned. And wouldn't Lindsay Smith love to win this race here, uh, from his old stomping grounds now that he's training over here? So, and when you look at what Tuvalu's been racing against recently, stats, you know, the likes of Alligator Blood and Mr. Brightside, this is the easiest race it has been in for about at least five starts, if not more. Uh, For second, I've put in Dom to shoot. Now, it was first up last time, three wide all the way, and that was a massive run. Uh, Three wins out of ten at the distance. Barrier Twelve's a little bit of a query, but I think it might go forward with the other ones and hopefully slots in. Uh, it's led at uh, 1,600 metres, so, yeah, but there's a few drawn wide there, and it's going to be funny early whether it, gets to, whether it gets the spot, but it's still $18 to find out, so I'm happy to have it in for second. I put in third, number 16, the Velvet Queen. Uh, it gets back, and it was a huge run to finish very close to Don De Chute in that uh, in that uh, last race, what was it called? What was it called? I can't think of the name of it now, but the 1,400 metre race, two wins and two seconds at the distance, uh, Definite chance that the Velvet Queen. It's, I think it's about twenty dollars, and I think that's uh, not bad. But the problem with it, of course, it gets back. And uh, but if I'm if I'm assuming correctly that the pace is going to be a cracker really that's going to actually suit it a bit. And for fourth, I'll put in El Safina, um, three out of three at the distance, six out of eight at the track, six wins and nine out of nine in the good. And Billy Pike, Grant Williams, Bob Peters, gee, it's got it's got every single thing going for it. Um, but I'm not wrapped at the price, $3.90 in this race. This is a, I don't know, it's a funny race, the railway. Some years the horses win with no names and other times the favourite streak's away. So it just depends. But I'll put El in for, uh, uh, for fourth. And um, my play will be 1-4-16 uh, for first in the trifecta. I want the winner of those three. Uh, then one, four, seven, sixteen and 8 for second, and then I'll have the same numbers, plus add 17 uh, in, for third position, but 17 Casino um, 17 may not get a run because there's only 16 runners allowed, so we'll have to wait and see, so that's them for me, stats um, I, like I said, I quite like to I don't think it's any good thing but by oh, chance, if it runs up to this uh, group one form of recent days it um, technically should win by i said that before about horses and uh, they make liars out of us quickly, don't they?
0: Yeah, it doesn't miss nothing with Jamie Carterball. I just worry about the weight for two blue.
1: Uh, that's, I think it's only got five kilos over the limit. I mean, I don't think that's... Um, no, I, I'm happy with that. It's used to carrying 58 or uh, 59 or something of weight for rage and it doesn't seem to slow it down, though uh, I do acknowledge that it won the uh, Turak with about, what, 53 or 54. Uh, but that's still only four kilos. Difference here, so uh, I'm not worried about the about the weight so much. Uh, I just hope it doesn't get shuffled back a little bit. That's all.
0: Yeah, like David Gately says, though uh, physics is real and and weight matters.
1: Yeah. Oh well, <laughs> was that Professor Julius Sumner Miller? Was it?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, David Gately actually, the RSN uh, tipster. Oh, oh, he often enough. says it.
1: We all have theories about weight. Uh, I got one of my mates in Perth. He just won't have anything to do with weights at all. He says the best horse wins most times, and it's pretty hard to knock him on that. So, what have you uh, liked in that one, stats?
0: Oh, look, I'm I'm cheating. I'm on uh, race eight, number seven, Ashwira, uh William Pike uh, for the Williams camp. I'm just taking the home ground advantage there. And look, I yeah. like your one, two dollars. Have two dollars on it, race eight, number sixteen, the Velvet Queen for yeah. uh, Peter Cadbury. There, let's hope he gets the chocolates there at twenty-one dollars. I can have that all day.
1: It comes home like a bullet. Yep,
0: it? it'll come home like a stink. It'll be, it'll yes. be screaming like a fan at a Beatles concert.
1: <laughs> oh, well, I've never been to one of those, but I've been to a few other concerts. So yeah, so yeah, there we are. Stats. Uh, got anything else? now you were talking to Dan before about some of the uh, other races around? I haven't had a look at the form of any of the other races. So if you want to. Uh, kept talking with that or... Oh, no, just to, just to give it
0: a plug because it's local. The Tatura Cup's yep. on today, Roman. Uh, of course, the first gets underway. If you're thinking of going out to Tatura, the first eight gets underway at nine minutes to one o'clock this afternoon. The Cup itself is race seven. It's at 24 minutes to five o'clock this afternoon. Look, there's a short prize favourite in it, Roman. Yeah. Race seven, number six, uh, Soaring Eagle which is $1.45 which is 9 to 20 on in the old. What I'm suggesting is there's one at the top of the rates there. Race 7 number 1 Soldier Love. It's at $17. It's only a yeah. 7 horse field. I'm suggesting you take Race 7 number 1 and 6 in the Quinella for $3. Yeah David Brightock's
1: got that favourite. Has his other horse Rain Turbo? I haven't had a chance to have a look at the scratchings this morning for
0: those meetings. It's out Roman.
1: It's out, OK, fair enough, because I was thinking about backing that because I'm sure it's won that race in the past. So, uh, but obviously, a dollar 45 favorite favourite, that'll do him nicely. So money in the bank, Frank, isn't it?
0: Well, we'll wait and see. Like, funnier things can happen. Like, Tatura can be a, a funny venue at times, but uh, you would think all being equal, it looks like Soaring Eagles race to lose.
1: Fair enough. And what about up north? I heard you mentioning something to... Uh, Dan about a couple of
0: those big races up north Oh just Kembla Grange the gong today uh, up there at Kembla Grange and we're just taking race 7 number 3 Oscar Penko and race 7 number 11 Waterford in the gong today the Illawarra or well the Illawarra I should say Mercury gong Oh fair
1: enough fair
0: enough No worries well that's that's where we'll leave it Roman I want to thank you for all your efforts this spring and we might try and organise something for the autumn
1: yeah, why not? It's all a bit of fun, and uh, we're doing our best to, to help the punters have a couple of bets here and there, and uh, if we get lucky and a good price one's come up, uh, well, happy days.
0: Did you have a highlight overall for the spring? Well, Or even something yeah. they could have done a bit better?
1: Something they could have done a bit better? Oh, gosh. Um, not really, Stats. I think it was just pretty well standard. You know, you, you run your races... Um, there were people arguing about track bias at one stage a, bit, a couple of times, but I think track bias is a little bit in the eyes of the beholder. You know, I mean, uh, you need to be careful when you're talking about track bias, that horses on the fence have got the best chance. I mean, the horse on the fence might be the best horse in the first place. Uh, you know, and, and uh, look, I was watching somewhere the other day, and uh, after race one, one of those guys on racing.com said gee I wonder if there's track bias and I think gee give it a break mate it's only race one you know Um, it it might just been simply that the best horse won on the day or the really good horses had a bad day and therefore the thing that led won so you need to be careful with track bias I I think Um, look basically over those four days I think the track managers did a fantastic job to be quite honest those tracks look great I I don't know what you thought but uh, what do you think
0: I thought that they did a terrific job. I reckon it's the hardest job in the world. You can't ever win, win at it. Like, no. they carry on if it's a bit to track bias, and then if it races cleanly, uh, people say nothing.
1: <laughs> exactly, isn't it? Yeah, it's easy to put the boots in, but um, no, I, I just think it all worked out beautifully. It was a terrific carnival. Um, I struggled and ended up making a small loss, but only because um, Day wasn't smart enough to take the field, third and the third in the in the Cup trifectas. If I'd have been smart enough to do that, I would have had a good uh, good, uh, good carnival. But it's a pretty tough four days. You're talking, what, how many races? We're we talking about nearly 40 races.
0: Yeah, 37 over the carnival.
1: Yeah. Try, and, try and pick the eyes out of those. Some of those meetings are extremely hard. I, I thank Zardozzi for winning the Oaks because uh, I thought her run was just sensational and uh, certainly looks a great chance in those autumn races up in Sydney. And, um... Sort of makes me think she's a logical, well, I mean, it's hard to tell now, but possibly Caulfield Cup favourite or one of those ones up there because, uh, like I said to you last week, I was shocked how easily rounded them up and just went whoosh, you know. So uh, horse-wise, that was my main one. The rest of them were, you know, you, you sort of good horses won, bad horses won, and it was just racing. But uh, I think that's the one that stuck out. All
0: right, then, Roman. We'll leave it there and we'll do it all again, hopefully, in the spring of of 2024.
1: Well, all the best of Christmas for all our listeners. I hope you've enjoyed our um, Saturday morning chats, and um, I've enjoyed them too, Statsy. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks at the Christmas party, mate.
0: Oh, I won't be at the Christmas party, Roman, unfortunately, this year. I'll, I'll actually be at the Werribee Cup on that Sunday. Ah,
1: oh, gee. Well, there you go. All right, fair enough. Okay, i will leave it at that then, eh? I'll catch up with you somewhere. I'll, look, when, let me know when the next um, Shepherd and Harness Racing meeting is or something, and I'll come up and uh, have a cup of
0: coffee. All right, no worries. We'll do, Roman. Talk soon.
1: Okay. See you, guys.
0: That was Roman Coz live from Europa for the last time in 2023, at least with the spring racing. He might be back in the autumn. You'll hear him throughout 1FM doing music shows, obviously, of course. You know the garden could do with
1: a makeover, so what are you waiting for? Cleve's Garden Supplies have got everything you need to get the job done, and they're open seven days a week. Coloured mulches, decorative pebbles, river stones, crushed rocks, sands, gravel, sleepers, topsoils, pavers, you name it, they've got it. They'll deliver small loads and big loads straight to your door. Drop in and see them at 20 Wanganui Road Shepparton, or give them a call. 58212 That's hive One 1 FM sponsor. Daryl here from Aussie Ag Supplies. Just a quick message. Retractor parts for many brands of tractors. Most of you good listeners know the brands of parts we carry. Over the busy times ahead, if you need new or used tractor parts, call Aussie Ag. Our stocks are large, plus glass doors, etc. Our wrecking stock of tractors is growing along with used tractors and machinery. Call Daryl on 0428 235000. I'll repeat that, 0428 235000. Have you ever been to the Nathalia Nursery? You know, at Number 6 Railway Street, Nathalia... Pop in and say good
0: day At Nathalia Nursery, we like growing a bit of everything. We have a large variety of plants, including succulents, natives and perennials. We love our fuchsia, pelagoniums, geraniums, hydrangeas, as well as lots of different salvias that we grow. And our hope is that you will too. We're open Thursday to Sunday, 10am to 4pm. Don't forget, we also stock tube stock, punnets of flowers and veggies. Nathalia Nursery, well worth the trip. 1FM's sponsor. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.